to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 80 of the Chris and Sam podcast, the Dalai Lama's breakfast, apparently. Chris is sitting across from me. How's it going? Well, you could have given me a warning you were going to turn this thing on and start. We but, don't need a warning. Chris is rearing to go all the time. Yeah. Like, what was it you said before? We're going to do a podcast. And I'm like, let me pour some wine and take my clothes off first. Yeah, that was, that happened. What he meant was get changed out of his gear that he was came back from from his uh, my, rehearsal. My Not, suit. Well, no, actually, the, the gear I was wearing was for a film shoot. Well, earlier. the way you just said that sounded like you're stripping down naked and you could be talking I, to people I, naked I know, now. I know, but um, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was wearing that particular dress for a film shoot. I just happened to wear it for the audition because I had to race up to Auckland straight after the film shoot. Go in, do a two-minute audition and freaking drive back again. This is what happens when you want to audition in Auckland yeah. and you live in Hamilton. Yeah. Because all those uh, yeah, yeah. Hamilton auditions aren't happening. <laughs> yeah, they are, but they don't get paid anything. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have my wine. And it's um, oh, it's four o'clock. That's, that's a reasonable hour to start. On yeah, wine. that's right. It's, no one cares. <laughs> Our listeners are uh, a high-class breed of people, and they understand the pain. Yes, so. the, the pressure I'm under. The pressure. The pressure. Anyway, so, um, yes, it's been a big week for me. It's been quite a big week. I had a bit of work uh, this week. I got asked to fill in for somebody who's sick. Can you come in today? We've got to go sick. Like, okay, all right. So turn up at sh- in shorts in my uh, uh, Gilmore's, like, polo shirt thing and, you know, work boots. Uh, what they didn't tell me was that I'm working in the freezer at minus 20 degrees all day. Um, they did have a jacket. Actually, I think they did have um, Parker legs things, but yeah, I'm like, yeah. nah, I'm not putting them on. So I wasn't too bad on that. But uh, yeah, I did two or three days in there. I forget now. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It's it's amazing. I I do believe that hell, if there is such a thing as hell, is a frozen place. It's not hot. It's frozen because that hurts. Man, that hurts you. You're unloading pallets, right? Pallets in un- minus 20 degrees in shorts. And you're unloading these pallets. And you fi- I, I got gloves as well. And your fingers oh, are just totally numb. And then you go out with, you know, it's the deli area. But it's a bit like, um, I guess, a beer fridge. We've all walked into a beer fr- chiller in a liquor yeah. store, right? And you go, ooh, that's cold. Well, I'd go in there and go, oh, that's warm. <laughs> that's the joys of working in uh, big freezers. Yeah, and then I'd walk out into the actual supermarket, which isn't air-conditioned, and it would just be like walking through thick, sticky, hot sauna stuff. So that was the beginning of my week, and then it went to TEDx and it got a bit more interesting. But uh, I'll let you talk about what your week was before we get to TEDx, I guess. My week consisted of a couple of days off, work, and checking out the pumpkin that got turned into a Cinderella carriage. Well, that sounds cool. Yes, so we went up, went up to Auckland, met Mark Jones, who's a very uh, centric type of pumpkin, uh, actually carver in general. This is the first time he's carved pumpkins. And he had to ha- uh, he had a go with Tim Harris's 789.5 kilo pumpkin. And uh, he was very surprised at how good it was on the inside. He didn't know what to expect. So it's always good when new people see giant pumpkins for the first time, especially the insides. Yeah, yeah. And and it was a little bit um, 
not symmetrical, non-symmetrical, like yeah, the thickness of the thing and stuff. Yeah, that's that's normal. Uh, oh, right. they're, they're really thick at the end that's connected to the vine, and the other end's the thin end. Ah, I didn't so, know that. So the other end's called a blossom end, and when they grow too oh, fast, you get a blossom end split, ah. and they blow out that end because there's not that much pumpkin. Right. Mm, look at that. There you, you go. All there you go. Something. Dropping the knowledge on the Chris and Sam podcast. And I haven't even got halfway through my glass of wine and I'm learning shit. It's awesome. You are. You must also be happy that William Truebridge finally broke his free diving world record. Oh, no, I am. I think that's really cool. And I think, I think free diving is something worth doing. You know what I mean? Like, not at all. It's a record that, it. is, that is worth breaking, you know? I don't know, running fast and jumping over a th- stick, that's all, yeah, that's okay. Free diving down to, do you even know the depth? Yeah, I know everything, 100, okay. 122 metres. Free diving down to 122 metres, you screw that up, you're dead. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? He, it, you'd, it's not like a long jump or a sprint, oh, oh, I slipped over and scraped my knee. No, no, you screw that up, you're dead. Uh, if this sounds really familiar for the long-time listeners, it's because we had the, almost the exact same conversation in episode 11, <laughs> December the 24th, 2014. So yeah. make sure to check that out. But he got out. sick, didn't he? He failed that one. He failed, he failed in March this year because of illness. Yeah. Um, and he's now got 16 world records. So I think Woo-hoo. he just does it full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but he did say that his mother, father, and brother who have watched him attempt world records before this is the only time they've been there when he's been successful. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that'd be good for him. Maybe he's proved it to Daddy now and he won't need to anymore. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Talking about water, actually. What do you think about this whole drama that's going on at the moment with uh, the New Zealand government, or, or, or more likely, uh, local, or more accurately, local councils saying, oh, yeah, um, you can rent water rights here. We'll charge you, I don't know, $100, $500 a month. Uh, and you can pump water out, and then they're pumping like billions of g- liters of water out um, for like it's a point zero zero something of a cent per liter, and then they're bottling it and charging fifteen twenty bucks and exporting it overseas. What's your general thoughts on that? Uh, I think there's companies already doing that. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're already doing no, it. no, but there's more doing it than what's been reported. Oh yeah, I think. I think it has to be managed really well because one of the people in the councils down south was saying, why aren't we using this water for us, for irrigation and pumping it out? Because there's so much in the water table, so many millions or billions of litres of water. If they do want to sell it, they need to sell it at a proper price, not just give it away. Like these companies are worth billions overseas. That that reminds me, because every time I go up to Auckland and stay, like I stayed at Carolyn's, for for TEDx, um, it remind I'm reminded that those people pay for their water. Like we don't in Hamilton here, right? Not yet. But everywhere else, pretty much everywhere else in the country, they have water rates. Um, rates yeah, and that is more for a household to pay than these individual companies pay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not the and, scales. And the scales wrong. Yeah, totally wrong. Like you know, I'm paying le- I'm paying more for my household water rates over a year than you are to operate a business, you know? And it's just ridiculous. And the other thing is that guy, I've forgotten his name now, Dr. Whatever his name is from the... Oh, um, Dr. Whatever his name. <laughs> from The Big Short, who who was featured in the book and the film, The Big Short. 
he uh, was the guy that spotted the global financial crisis and set up the short against that. He knew it was going to happen. Everybody thought he was nuts. He went in and said, there's no uh, mechanism for me to bet against the mortgage industry. I want one. This guy went, okay, all right, we'll give you one. And they built it for him. And he bought millions and millions and millions of dollars, basically billions of dollars of insurance against the mortgage uh, crisis. And then other people started to say, holy crap, he's onto something. And then they followed up and the guys, like a dozen people make, made themselves billionaires um, from, from this uh, you know, great financial crisis. So he knows shit, right? What's he doing since he, that happened? Buying up water rights around the world. That's yep. all he focuses on now. Smart man. Yeah, and, and you know, water is going to be uh, the next big gold. And here we are giving it away. Do you think it's going to be it. the next um, oil thing? Yeah, it's going to be bigger than oil. Because you can't live without it. You can live without oil. You can't live without water. Yep. Just and um, so I, I think it's crazy. We should be uh, taxing it. You know, I, I've got no problem with people making money commercially off that. And I have no real problem with them maximizing the amount that they make. Like, that doesn't, it, that's not an issue. The issue is the, that New Zealand government is basically giving away that resource, you know? Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, so you know, we we need to we need to be getting some money from that resource. It's a it is a resource, and it needs to be looked at as such. Anyway, so that's my 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 rant. <laughs> rant. My time. my pedestal. Getting on my pedestal. Yeah, he's gonna have some more wine now. Yes, Watch I out, am. folks. Uh, so you'd be upset this week uh, with MediaWorks getting deciding to get rid of Channel Four. Um, yeah, I, I heard that there was a Channel Four coming online. Um, oh no, they've they've had that for a, a little 19 while. Nineteen years, Chris. Nineteen years. All right. So I think I've seen it three or four times. They want to bring in a new channel called Bravo. It's a partnership with NBC Universal in the US, and it's the first time ever outside of the US they've done a partnership with another country. And it's to bring all the reality TV channel stuff that we need, including six different versions of The Real Housewives. Uh, there's an Auckland version. They've been filming that for the last six months, apparently. So you know that we can get that on our TV because our TiVo doesn't like picking up Channel 1 and 2, but it can pick up Channel 4. And you know that when our flatmate comes back, that is the channel we will find the TV on every time we get home. You do realize that, right? I don't watch too much TV, so I'm okay with that. It's happening in July. Oh, okay. So we got a bit of time. You got to, actually, she doesn't she come back then? She comes back in July. Oh, my gosh. Good it's time. a perfect storm, people. It's a perfect storm. And then uh, shortly after that announcement, uh, <laughs> the MediaWorks CEO, Mark Weldon, uh, who everyone hates, resigns. That was awesome. And, so uh, that is so much funnier. And did you see the, the there was a photo of Hillary Barry and um, Mike, Mike McRoberts. Roberts? Taking the booze out of the out of the boot of the car, and somebody's put her on the hundred dollar bill. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah. That's funny ass. So yeah, so um, because that was the other big news. I think since last time was Hillary Barry resigned. Did we? No, we mentioned that last episode. We did mention it. There's oh, talk. I probably drank too much wine. There's there's <laughs> there's talk now that they're going to try and make her stay. Make her. Uh, well, you know, Thanks. ask her to. Yeah, okay. But And now but, that Weldon's gone, maybe there's a chance? Maybe, but it's still 23 years in the same job. It's been a long time. Mike McRoberts, though, has come out and stated, I'm not going anywhere. Um, sound a bit dickish, really, because we all know you're there for the money. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe you just, <laughs> they were like, uh, Mike, uh, if you think you're going, here's a pay rise. Don't 
think again. Talking about media works and your favourite other show, Story. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you heard there how they upset everyone? I, I read the uh, article that you, you uh, linked to. Um, actually, I read it this morning because I, yeah. Yep. Uh, so I, I think they're just cruising for ratings. Uh, they probably did it on purpose. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, they're cruising for ratings. They like, um, we suck. We know we suck. Um, we're not as good as the Chris and Sam podcast, and we need to up our game. Oh, I know. Let's she, have nudity on she this. She wasn't site. on it, though. What's her face? It was a different um, one. Yeah, I know. Well, that was their first thing. They were like, well, we'll get rid of her first, then, then we'll do it. So the Edge radio station organized a nude night. Restaurant thing. Well, it, it was in a cafe, but yeah. Oh, yeah, cafe. In, in Hamilton, because they couldn't do it in Auckland. I don't know why, but Hamilton's just, you know. I told you about that with the, the, the dirty, tra- dirty laundry. Did I? There's a TV show that I was featured. Well, I'm an extra in. Um, called Dirty Laundry, and it's about a brothel. Yeah. And uh, they, all the girls in the brothel, like not the ones I was with, but the ones when they had a, a raunchy scene, which I wasn't in. Uh, they, they knew they, not to let you in on that. They <laughs> they brought all the girls up from Firecast down in Hamilton because nobody in Auckland would work for that cheap. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not joking. That's true. I didn't it's know that. <laughs> totally true. Anyway, so carry on. Um, so... The only naked uh, cafe workers they could find anywhere in the country were in Hamilton, and... So Memento <laughs> were all keen on it. They got release forms to everyone, and they had items in place for modesty's sake for when they did the live stream back and forward. People holding menus in certain locations, etc., yeah. etc. And this show's on at 7 o'clock at night, and... And um, it's live cross. Yeah, without a delay. <laughs> Can anyone see a problem coming up here? Uh, one of the waitresses walked out of the back with a full frontal bush, or lack of bush, because apparently she was fully shaven. Um, and the camera's just like... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm, I actually should go on and watch the replay on On Demand. Is it called On Demand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it'll be there. They might no, have well, no, they it. won't show that, but I want to see... Duncan Garner's red-faced apology at the end of the show. No, I think they had to issue the apology the next night. No, apparently, um, he said it? on the end of that story, he had, he apologised red-faced at the end of the oh, show. Yeah. Like, So they went to the next bit, and they scrambled and scrambled at the end of the show. He was like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Because, um, yeah, that would be hilarious. That would have been screaming in his earpiece. See, I, I mean, I, I know you don't want to know, but um, John Campbell would have handled that with aplomb. Yeah, Duncan yeah. Garner doesn't know what a plum is. He no. thinks it's a plum. He's just, nah. So even Dom Harvey from the Edge radio station was shocked, apparently. That they, that, and I mean, this is the guy that's had more scandals than anybody I know in broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I can't believe they showed that. That's a bit slow. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's hilarious. And couldn't happen to a better ca- uh, TV program, really. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. It's um, <laughs> the highlight of story this week, I think. So, uh, we both saw a story that was the same. and um, Yes. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Did you read the story or did you just like no, the headline? No, I just thought I'd better look, uh, look at it now while you're reading it. And then I, I okay, read it. I've got all the facts here. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, a biotech company has been granted ethical permission to attempt to use stem cells to reactivate the brains of the dead. Now, they're allowed to do this in the U.S. and India. They're allowed to use 20 brain-dead patients. Um, uh, well, yeah, they're actually dead patients. No, they're brain-dead. So they've been kept alive by machines. They're spe- oh, they're, really? They're certified brain-dead. So they're, they're not dead-dead. Um, 
They're going to trial a bunch of different ideas, including stem cells inserted into the brain, spinal cord infusion of beneficial chemicals, and nerve stimulation, which has worked for coma patients in the past. Now, they they are starting the trial only in India, and all the patients will be monitored for months after yeah, each treatment. Yeah, because let's think about this. If these corpses jump up, start biting people, yeah, and yeah. the place we want them is India with the tightest concentration of population yeah, possible. We can, yeah, I know. That, that's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> doesn't mention anything about the U.S. trials apart from U.S. companies allowed to do it. See, I mean, it actually makes sense in this case to do it in America first because those sons of have guns <laughs> sons of guns have guns they all have guns everyone's got a shotgun they're ready for the zombie apocalypse what are the indians gonna do they're throw gonna a carry ro- at it no, they're gonna ride their cows away <laughs> oh okay the sacredness <laughs> so we're, we're you know i i'm not expecting much from this trial and because if it did i reckon if something did happen they keep it pretty quiet yeah 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 yeah, you can't really keep a zombie apocalypse quiet. That's all I'm going to say, you know? They'll like, just say it's something else happening in India, like a massive case of... Um, swine flu. <laughs> dengue fever or something. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or Zika virus. Oh, Zika, it's the go-to now. Yeah, well, it starts with Z. Bird flu. World went, World Zika virus. Bird flu went out the window. True, true. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's interesting. So, whatever happened to our zombie um, survival plan with um, that restaurant? Because it's no more, is it? It's for sale. Is it still for sale? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Or you can buy big... the land and bulldoze it, I suppose. Yeah. Somebody should buy that and make it back into a restaurant with all the I know. So someone somewhere has got all these uh, zombie things. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to a previous episode where the <laughs> zombie... Um... Go back... Yeah. I'm not going to say which episode. That's for you guys to figure out. <laughs> Don't you have the list of all the show notes in front of you? No, no, I don't. Um, that will What do be... you think about that story that I shared with you about... Episode uh, 10 for surviving a zombie apocalypse in Hamilton. Oh, that's right. Episode 10. Like early days. Early days. What are we up to today? 80. This is 80. All right. Well, we're I doing told well. you it was a uh, thing. I know. I know. But I've almost finished my wine. I'll read the story out. Uh, it's a classic fairy tale. The good villagers discover a holy angel. The good villagers worship the holy angel. The good villagers realize the holy angel is actually a life-sized, not-so-holy sex toy. <laughs> and you got to see the photos in the story to really appreciate that. So they it um, said at some point it started deflating, though. Yeah, I thought that's what would have given it away. When a fisherman from a small beach town in Indonesia f- found a seemingly lifeless body on the shore, he generally, genuinely believed it was an angel that had fallen from heaven. Uh, local news organization, whatever, uh, described it as an angel child, which was shining white with round eyes and red eyebrows. Nothing about this mouth, just in case you're wondering. Or it's other ravaged body <laughs> orifices. This, this angel child also was found face down, crying and naked, only, naked, covered only with a white cloth. The whole village of Kalupi, Kalapapi was yeah. buzzing with excitement until, of course, those pesky police had to get involved and ruin everything with the flaccid truth. I love the way they said flaccid the, truth. The pesky police have to come and investigate pretty much a dead body. Damn them and their ways. I know. Oh, oh this isn't a dead body. It's rubber. Yeah, this is so the uh, Lifelike 4000 version 3 something, something. The police chief is quoted as saying, so it was checked by one of a team. 
It was a sex toy. <laughs> Uh, the parents of the man who found the angel had cared for it every day, changing its clothes and giving it a blouse and hijab. How how I as want... it slowly deflated? Yeah, how long did they have it before the cops turned up? Oh, I don't know, but uh, it could it could be it could be one of those like uh, islands or whatever that cops come once a month, you know? Yeah, round you know like district court cops. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I thought I thought that was funny. I had to share that. Yes, very good. The world. the world is interesting. The world's a bit screwed up. Yeah, it certainly is. So, shall I talk about TEDx now? Yes. Fill us in. You TEDx Auckland. TEDx You've Auckland. You've been to Queenstown. Dun, 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 You're organising the Hamilton dun, one. Dun, dun, dun. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I've been to TEDx uh, Wellington and TEDx Queenstown, and this was TEDx Auckland. It was a Thursday and Friday, which was a bit odd. Instead of a Friday Saturday, actually, what they prob what they wanted to do was Friday Saturday. So the theme, so it's the first time it's been a two day event in New Zealand. It's the first time they've had a two day event. The theme was flip side, and it went from three to nine the first day, and then nine till three the following day. Ooh. And so it would have been good to have three p.m. to nine p.m. on Friday, and yep. nine a.m. to three p.m. on Saturday. That would have been ideal, and that's what they want to do. Uh, but they had a cruise ship coming in. On Saturday, so they oh. couldn't do it on Saturday afternoon. So they had to, um, yeah, actually, do those days. Actually, I think it came in on Friday night. The cruise ship, so they had to be out of there before the weekend. So um, they were using in Queens Wharf in um, in Auckland there, which is at the bottom of uh, Queen Street. It actually was a brilliant venue. It was it was brilliant. I was a bit, mm, I don't know, but yeah, it was really good and. One of the things they did was they said, right, well, we've got 600 people. We're going to give you a four-course sit-down meal at the end, which I was like, are you freaking nuts? This is Talk about putting pressure on yourself. But they did it superbly. It was awesome. The only thing is the auditorium was upstairs. We finished our uh, last speaker, and then they said, right, we're going to tell you which uh, groups to go out as you go downstairs. Please pick up a chair and take it with you. <laughs> Did you bowl people out of the way? No, 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 no. I was, I was very circumspect. I was very good. I was freaking out at the time because by that time I had an audition that I went to today was um, conflicting with the um, the shoot that I had organised for today. Like I told these people we could shoot this film two months ago, and then yesterday they go, "Oh, you've got an audition. You've got to be at tomorrow." Uh, anyway. That was cool. Uh, no, TEDx itself, TEDx Auckland, um, very good venue. Uh, the production was okay. It was okay. I'm not going to say it was great. It wasn't as good as Queenstown in terms of the slick production thing, in, in my mind. But um, it's definitely, the, the size is just another level. It's just fantastic. Um, and the speakers, there were some amazing speakers. I've got to have a shout-out to um, Corey Gonzalez-McCure. Um, so he's the stand-up comedian. He's been on seven days. He was the guy in um, What We Do in the Shadows. He had a really – it was funny because he, he was laughing and making jokes because he's a comedian, um, but you didn't know what was quite was going on, and he was talking about you know one of the – Pretty serious stuff. Pretty serious stuff, darkest days of his life and stuff. And um, I spoke to him afterwards, and he, goes, he's, he was saying, um, up until two days before, he was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Oh, wow. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. do it. Um, so good on you, Corey. I'm glad you opened that conversation. That was really cool. 
Um, and there was another guy too. His uh, wife uh, committed suicide um, a year ago tomorrow. Oh, wow. And um, he had a an interesting talk about that sort of thing, about rural communities and um, the rates of suicide and stuff like that. Um, Sounds like there was a bit of doom and gloom in a lot of these There talks. was a bit of doom and gloom. There was from a bit of I've doom and gloom. From what i gleaned from you, um, I watched two speakers via the live stream. Yeah. Uh, they were okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I... I quite like the live stream thing because I was doing other work at the same time and I could just drop in and out. Yeah, yeah. And you should have seen more. Like, people should have watched more of live stream if they... If you did catch it on live stream, please jump onto the Chris and Sam podcast or, or our Twitter or our Facebook with a comment of what you thought about it, what was good and what was bad. And, I, and I'm really serious. I really need to know. So we're live streaming um, TEDx Rakura at 30th of July. And any feedback you get, we can use. Like, as in, oh, we've got to make sure we do this and we've got to make sure we do that. Their, um, whoever was controlling their cameras, it was pretty good cuts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they do a, a, a pan on the, the audience. Yep. every now and then and then they go back to the speaker and so they had like three or four cameras so much equipment there like yeah. I, I took a, f- a couple of photos of it for our organizing committee to show them when I catch up with them later on yeah and it's just like so much there um, but yeah no it was, it was a great a great event and I met some uh, cool people again I met um caught up with uh, Lucia that I met in um, TEDx Wellington I caught up with Alan Dixon that I met in Queenstown, or at Daxon. Um, so they were good. Um, Alan spoke in Queenstown, and then he came up here and stage-bombed, crashed the party, did a two-minute talk on stage impromptu. And at he's what gonna point, s- though? He talked to Elliot, so they s- squeezed him in between a couple of speakers. That's crazy. And so then we're going to go see if we can get in here, and he's just going to do a, lot of, a, a series of selfie pics from the stage from each of these all the TEDx's around New Zealand. So. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. Well, it does now. We just made that sh- af- uh, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> In the yeah, night. Yeah. So we'll see, if, we'll see if we can get them here. Um, TEDx Tarong is up soon. I'm not sure if that's before us or just after us. I think it's just before us. I think that's next month. Oh, it could be interesting. Hit, yep. up, hit up old Sheldon. Um, you were mentioning something about the Sky Tower and falling off it. <laughs> so they had a, um, uh, a few... They call them labs in TEDx terms. I don't know why they call them labs. You'd call them stalls or uh, exhibition. Vendors or? Yeah, yeah, but they call them labs. Okay. Anyway, so they had a lab there, and it was this um, guy. <laughs> he just looked so much like um, the Game of Thrones dude that get wore the crown of gold pulled over him. Oh, yeah. He yeah. looked like that. He was white-haired albino with really interesting eyes, bizarre-looking eyes. Um, anyway, so he had, uh, he goes, oh, I'm just getting this ready. And he's putting this chair into position in the middle of this open space. Yeah. And he's got a 3D headset and he keeps lifting the headset up, moving the chair, lifting it back down, touching the chair, op- lifting it up, moving it. Virtual reality. Yeah, just I? checking that the chair is right in the virtual reality, yeah. which was interesting because I knew what he was trying to do. But I thought they'd move the digital version to match the chair. But no, it's obviously a lot easier to move the real one. Yeah, yeah. Of course so it the, is. Physical know, well, beats everything virtual. I've never had to do that. So, so anyway, did you, you man- get there and you put it on. You sit down. So you put and, this on? Yeah, I put it on. Oh, okay. And fortunately, nobody took a photo of it or anything else or videoed it. Damn it. We need to it video it. It would have been pretty bad, actually, because I ran back to the chair. So you get, 
you sit in the chair and you put this thing on and you are on the top of the sky tower like the point the top top yeah 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 there's a little um grill around it like oh, a yeah. little mesh grill and you're on that um, you sit on the chair and you can look all around. As so like they've had to have gone. Freaky, they've had to go can, to the top and get this footage. Yeah. So I was going to get to that. Okay. And so you get out and you can walk around and you can walk on the mesh and of course you can walk right into the sky and you're just like flying and it's freaky. Yeah. Freaky. Because you're. So brain. I didn't do that. Nah. <laughs> I walked to the edge of the mesh and went. Nah. I'm sitting down again. Take this off me. So one of the we were talking to this guy, and he just got into this um, sort of thing about a year ago. He bought a computer, got some cameras, all this sort of stuff, and it was three D modelled. So they've taken photos and they've three D modelled it. So if he says if you jump from one place to another, the buildings there you will notice the parallax. Yeah, yeah. Between the buildings, so it's not a flat image, which is pretty important. That's really cool. But so the guy goes, oh, so you just sent a drone up there to take footage? And he goes, oh no. That dude there yeah. was hanging off, taking photos everywhere. We got him up as high as he could till there was nowhere else he could stand. And he took three, I think it was 2,000 photos yeah, that they stitched together. Something ridiculous like that. And they only did it last week. Oh, wow. They finished programming it the night before. Oh, no. Because like, uh, they're in the Steam. They're in Steam. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, is that that new Steam 3D video, um, art program? He goes, no, no, we just finished programming it last night. So, um, yeah, but the HTC Vive was the helmet, so that must be yep. the in- interface. Must yeah. must be Steam for that. So, yeah, no, that was really cool. Um, Carl, Lush Monster Hartley, would be kicking himself that he didn't make it to that. Um, I have told him all about it. Um, Hurry up, Carl, sort your stuff out. Well, he was offered tickets, so free tickets. So, oh, um, you no know, excuse. Well, he had to work. This is, whatever. Yeah, I know. So one of his workmates came, uh, Luke, who I know. Oh, you've met Luke. Yeah, I've met Luke. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Luke was there, and uh, that was his first TEDx, and I think he was a little mind-blown. It was he was awesome. mind-blown when he came to the Telecom One Unconference that time. Oh, right. He was with I us. I forget he went there to that. You forget he I always, I always forget that. Forget a lot. Oh, so the other person that was a speaker that was at the uh, te- uh, Telecom in- Innovation was Keith, Keith Ng. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had an okay talk. Yeah. Not great. Okay. okay. It, looks okay. It, it was good. It just didn't have So it answer. sounds pretty good. We're running over time here, so we're going to have to oh. wrap this. But I haven't even finished my first class. You could, no, that's okay. You drink, <laughs> you drink the rest of it later. Um, Where can people find us, Chris, if you can remember? <laughs> um, they, can, uh, they can find us at the Chris and Sam podcast, all spelt out, dot com. Yes, and you can find us, the Chris and Sam Podcast, on Facebook. And at Chris and Sam Pod. On and Twitter. I have to say, when I said all spelt out, like you would all spell out the fourhourworkweek.com, I would recommend you go there and listen to a couple of interviews by um, Tim Ferriss, yep. my mate Tim. Well, he doesn't know he's my mate, but anyway. he, does. And, <laughs> he doesn't um, know you exist. <laughs> he does not exist. And uh, check out his stories with Cal Fussman. And micro, they're I think they're consecutive episodes. They are I, I two of are. the master storytellers ever. They both of them amazing, amazing storytellers. Uh, so if you like to hear a few stories, and we're not really telling them here anymore, um, <laughs> we haven't told a story for a while. Uh, go go there and check those uh, uh, podcasts out. They are a bit longer though; they're about two hours each. 
Yeah, um, pretty long, but very, very entertaining. They're very good for a long drive. Like if you're going to Auckland for a five-minute audition and then driving back for two hours, yeah, do that. <laughs> all right, that's all from me. And me. Until next time, see ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.